0: So we're continuing our series on um, the Sermon on the Mount. We're up to Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. Uh, Next week is Palm Sunday, believe it or not. And then the week after that is Easter. So we're going to take a break for those two Sundays to look at some different passages around those events. uh, uh, Palm Sunday and Easter, and then we'll get back to the Sermon on the Mount. And then after that, uh, for the summer, we'll look at uh, the... um, Old Testament story of the life of the uh, patriarch Jacob, and that's what we'll spend our summer on. So, but today I wanna look at Matthew 7, uh, verses seven to 11. Before I read that, let me pray, and then we'll jump in this morning. Lord, we thank you today that you are good, and um, so good uh, that your goodness is better uh, than even what we know or what we might desire. And so as we look at these words today uh, that uh, urge us to keep praying, uh, but urge us to keep praying for something that uh, we, uh, well, I know it's not first and foremost on many of our minds today, I pray that you would bless us, give us the gift of trust, and give us the gift of hope and joy uh, in your great goodness and your fatherly love. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So Matthew 7, verses 7 to 11, uh, text is uh, in the bulletin also up on the screens behind me. Uh, This is God's word. We should hear it and respond to it as such this morning. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So one of the things that Jesus is getting at in this text today is something that he knows about us, and that is we're not very persistent, right? Uh he, the, he wants us to keep praying for these things. That's why he says to ask, to seek, to knock, right? So to to, to keep going at that because we grow tired, we grow discouraged, and we tend to quit uh, praying or we tend to try to, uh, um, you know, figure out a different way to pray, come up with the magic words so that God will give us what we want, right? Um and one of the things that I spend a lot of my time and energy on with folks who come to see me is they'll, they'll have an unfulfilled desire uh, for a child, for a, a, a husband, for a wife, for any number of things, and they'll say, I've been praying, 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 praying for this. God doesn't seem to be giving it to me, and so uh, maybe, you know, what should I do? And my tendency is to answer that question with, keep praying what you're praying for, and God will either give you this thing, or he'll give you something better, or even better yet, he'll change you. And I get a puzzled look. Well, I don't want to be changed. I want this. (laughs) Right? This is what I'm asking for. I don't really care about this other stuff over here, right? Which God loves an honest person, right? So I'm, uh, I can work with that, and I believe Jesus does work with that, right? And so, as as we look at this text today, what I want you to hear, and what what we're going to look at is, don't think that this passage is about crying out for your unfulfilled desires, because it's not. It's about something else, and I'm going to show you that in just a, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, because the gift that God wants to give us is a gift that we often don't value, but God's so good, He gives us something better yet. So I came across this quote this week uh, from Viktor Frankl. I don't, you know, when I was in college, we had to read a bunch of his books. He's a survivor of. Uh, One of the Holocaust camps, and he wrote about his experience. And one of the things that my friend Gavin Ortland came across with him this week is that when we're no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves, right? And and I think that is uh, there's some real truth in that, right? Um, And Gavin Ortland, a pastor in Illinois, uh, writes this. I think about this quote all the time. Unanswered prayers and undesired circumstances give us the occasion to ask God what deeper change He wants within us. Right? And so that is one of the things that we forget, right, is that God is so much more invested in giving us good things, and the good things that He often gives us are not the things that we think will make life better, more meaningful, and that sort of stuff. Because Jesus has already talked in the Sermon on the Mount, the fact that the Father knows we need bread. He knows we need those things, right? He knows that we need clothes. He knows that we need all these things, right? He's 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 very well aware of those things, and, and he gives us those things, right? But there's something, you know, that is... Uh, going on here in this text that I think if we're not careful, we miss it, right? So, so what are the good things that our heavenly father's poised to give us? Well, there's millions of them. And in fact, part of what heaven will be, will be the recounting of and the re-remembering of all the good things God gave us, even all the good things that God gave us that we didn't know at the time were good things. All the good things that God gave us uh, that we never really realized were the good things that God gave us. That's a, that's what a lot of heaven will be. That's what a lot of it will, will be. Our eyes will be opened and we'll see what was going on and the whole tapestry of our lives and eternity will be opened up for us and we'll get to see that. And so I think that's part of it. But, but, but the problem with that, even looking at that, is the context here of what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount is something altogether different than just telling us to keep praying for the things we desire. He's actually puts these words about prayer in the part of the sermon that's not first and foremost about prayer. And I'm gonna show you that in a minute to make to make my argument. Now, listen, I'm a preacher. That's what I do. And I know plenty of times where I'm preaching away and I think, wait, there was this great thing I was supposed to say back here, and I forgot to say it, Uh, it doesn't really fit with where I am now, but I'll go ahead and say it anyway because it's so good, in my opinion. And so so I'll interject. I do this all the time. If you follow me, some of you follow me, that you realize, wait, how does that connect to what he was just talking about? Well, uh, it's not because I have this brilliant mind that makes these deep connections. It's because I forgot to mention it earlier, and it's so good. I need to tell you now right? So, you could look at this. I mean, Jesus has been talking about other things other than prayer, and suddenly, right in the middle of that section, he starts talking about asking, seeking, and knocking. Now, did he forget to talk about that? Because he's talked about prayer a bunch, right? And, 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 and we see that, right? He has a lot to say about prayer, right? He said in chapter 6, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others, he goes on uh, to say, you know, pray to your father who's in secret. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. Your father loves you, right? Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Then he goes on, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we may also, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then the clue what the theme of this praying really is about is in Jesus' commentary there at the end. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I mean, Jesus could have picked any number of those petitions in the prayer to round off his, his commentary at the end, but he talks to us about forgiveness. Not only our forgiveness with our Father in heaven, but to forgive others, and he ends that with those ominous words, right? That if we're unwilling to forgive others, perhaps we haven't been forgiven ourselves, right? Next slide. So he ends the Lord's prayer. The thing that we have to see about that is with a relational concern, right? Now, uh, and Jesus says here in this text that he wants us to keep on praying for these things. When when the word here is ask seek, and knock, that's not exactly what he's saying there. He's saying, keep on asking. You've been asking, keep doing it. You've been seeking, keep seeking. You've been knocking, keep knocking. Don't stop. But he places this word about prayer right in the middle of this this other thing that he's been talking about, right? The context tells us that Jesus is talking about praying about our relationships with one another. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what he's concerned about. That's the context. Do you see what's going on here? Do you see it's, this is not just, uh, I mean, if, if Jesus had wanted to just talk to us about just praying outside of the context of that, wouldn't he have put it, put it somewhere else in the, in the sermon when he's talking about praying in the early parts of the sermon? But here in the middle of this passage, right, because he's just told us, judge not, you be not judged at the beginning of chapter 7. For with the judgment you pronounce, you'll be judged, and with the measure you seek, it'll be measured to you. Get the speck out of your eye before you go get the log out of your own eye. That's relational, right? <laughs> That's talking about dealing with one another's sins. That's talking about people who sin against us. That's talk about, you know, people that we don't like and don't like us, and, you know, the that, and and in fact, right, it's our brothers and sisters in Christ that we have our problems with right? He goes on there to, as we talked about last week, the necessity of, of crying out to God for uh, a discernment and the way in which we share the gospel, the pearls that we have. Next slide. And then he has this section about asking, seeking, and, and knocking, uh, and about the great gifts that God gives to us. And then he connects this, right? Your father, how much more your father who is in heaven give good things to I know this is hard to keep up with. right? Uh, but this is really important. Because what he says there is, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him, so." That so connects the golden rule to prayer. Do you see that? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Isn't that interesting? Right? But not only that, next slide. He goes on to say, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. What Jesus is getting at here in the context of this, about talking to us about prayer, in the middle of all this stuff about the golden rule and getting specks and logs and uh, dealing with one another's sins is that the good gift, the good gift that the father longs to give his children is a heart shaped by the gospel that beats for reconciliation with one another now that mean i'm certain that was not the first and foremost need you thought you had for god to give you today but one of the things that we miss about the way we think about this is is that the premium that the lord places upon our relationship as his people it is the marker it is in many ways the determining factor of our witness to the world and our the quality of life that we live with one another it's hard the way is narrow and the gate is small And many would choose to not have the good gift that the cross brings to us of reconciling us not only to our Father in heaven, but the gift that comes from the joy of brothers and sisters reconciled to one another in Christ. And I want you to understand something today about this. We we know that, and we talk about this often here, that God gives us better gifts than we would want for ourselves. We think we know what we want, and often we do. And there are many good things that we should pray for. There is nothing wrong with praying for uh a a fruitful womb. There's nothing wrong with praying for a a husband or a, a, a wife. There's nothing wrong for longing for those good things. But there are good things that God has for us that we often turn away from. There's a party. And the boy hears the party. And he thinks, what's going on? And he goes to the door of the party, and one of the father's servants says, Your little brother, who was dead, gone away, has returned. Come into the party. Come into the party. The father sees the beloved son, and he goes to him, just as he went to the prodigal, and says, Come in the party. Come in the party. Father, how could you do that? And it ends tragically right there. The Father wants both brothers to enjoy fellowship, delight, the the fullness of that feast with the Father and with one another. That's why Jesus embeds right here in the middle of a, of a passage about discernment, about getting specks out of our eyes, and then how we want to be treated and how we treat others, and a warning about the narrowness of the way uh, forward with this thing about prayer, about praying, longing for, seeking, knocking to get the good gifts that the Father has for us. You are the good gift to one another. Your love, your care, your fellowship, your prayers, your bond with your brothers and sisters, though it may be strained, and though it may be stretched beyond its limit, is the good gift that Jesus wants us to be praying for. Seeking, knocking, finding. Now, the, the, thing, the thing about this this is, is that we tend to think and we tend to withdraw from one another because this is hard. And because it's hard, Jesus says, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on asking. Because it is the heart of the Father to give good gifts to his children. And the good gift that he gives to us is a pathway to bridge, to forgive, and to reconcile with one another. And it is hard. It is so hard. And in fact, it is, it is probably um, uh, one of the, very, the, the most difficult aspects of living in a community with other people. Next slide. Um, because I think the thing that we forget about this is, is that the good gifts that Jesus wants to, to give us is that we would have the kind of heart that will enable them to act in accord with these instructions all around this command to pray about our relationships. He wants us, our hearts, to seek after reconciliation. You need to be broken. I need to be broken. If we are unreconciled. Jesus has a passion for that. It is why he, not only did Jesus come to make you right with God, he did that. But he can't, you cannot say that you love God and hate your brother. Secondly, this gives us a sense of patience. Because what we know here is the necessity of having to keep doing this and keep praying for this. Because in and of ourselves, we are not instant, natural reconcilers. Thirdly, this gives us the chance, the strength to cry out to God to make us forbearing with one another, to give up one another the benefit of the doubt and to be willing to share burdens that are not ours, that are someone else's. It gives us an opportunity to be honest. Yes, because what we need, the good gift that comes in this kind of fellowship is not the kind of thing that just simply acts like there is no speck in the eye, there is no log in the eye. We're, we, we are joined to one another and we look at those things and we point those things out and we help one another with that. But ultimately, this gift tends towards our joy. That's what the Father desires for us: is the joy of being reconciled, of finding our place in His family with one another. I got to uh, do a beautiful wedding yesterday. Outside, a little cold, but uh, it was uh, uh, it was it was beautiful. And um, I've done a million weddings. Um, And one of the things that I know is true about weddings is that um, everybody looks better at their wedding than they have a right to, and uh, they spend gobs of money on clothes and makeup, and, you know, they look really good, and you get up for this, and everybody's there except, you know, the cranky aunt or uncle or whatever is there to tell you good things. They love you. They're all beaming at you. I always include in my wedding liturgy the question to the congregation, will all of you witnessing these promises do all in your power to uphold Steve and Marty in their marriage? We're all in this. We're all in this. Right? Because we need that with one another. We need to be invested in that way. But the problem is repeated disappointment, human weakness, human sin, human coldness, the drive of our flesh causes us to fall apart. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, it was beautiful, it was very good. Sin entered, and it became ugly. This woman you gave me, she's a loser. Right? How ugly. How terrible. And it becomes even more challenging for us because, frankly, can I speak frankly? I haven't been doing that up to this point. But frankly, (laughs) frankly, you know, when somebody begins a sentence with, Uh, let me be honest, you know, my my thing is, have you been lying to me till now? (laughs) Right? Uh, I hope not. Um, The the fact of the matter is, all of us are sick and tired of being sick and tired. All of us are uh, at the end of our resources and at the end of our rope to have patience, kindness, Gentleness, self control. Because there's a lie that says ranting and venting, harboring anger and then spewing it will make you feel better. It will not. It will kill you, and it will kill others. So Jesus knows. The good gift of reconciliation, the good gift of the harmony and the joy of people living together in his peace that he died to give us is something that we have to keep praying for, keep praying for, especially when we're tired and at the end of our rope and our own resources. I know I'm tired. And the way I know that is uh, I can't remember a blooming thing. And it's not dementia so much as it is so much is going on and I have so much to keep up with that I usually keep all this stuff in my head and now my phone is full of notes, remember to do this, remember to talk to this person, remember to, because it just, it flies away. I'm tired. And I don't have a lot of energy to pursue especially difficult situations. And so I need to ask, I need to seek, and I need to knock. Next slide. So I came across this this week, and I thought this was a pretty good explanation of of where I am, right? So we're weary and heavy laden, our instinct is to isolate, assuming we are uniquely exhausted and anxious. Which, honestly, I am more exhausted and more anxious uniquely than you are. <laughs> right? My, my troubles, nobody knows the trouble. Right? So I'm, I got it worse than all of y'all. So let me just, let's just stipulate that, right? But the tendency with that is to look at that and to look around us to cast aspersions upon our brothers and sisters, and to isolate. Scrooge was as solitary as an oyster. Now, I love oysters. Oysters exist singularly in a hard shell, in a bed, with other oysters in a hard shell. Is that what you want? your fellowship to look like an oyster bed right but we're not alone rest for our souls is available as we move toward the gentle and humble christ who abides among the sisters and brothers who share our brokenness you see, as we come to the table of the Lord today, one of the things that we recognize is we, you know, we, we live in America, and America is about rugged individualism and pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps and working hard and having our own individual personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which is, there's a, there's a lot of value and a lot of great things in that. But the, the problem with that is, is that Jesus calls us to himself together. The vision of heaven is not me and Jesus, we be mates forever. But the vision of heaven is that we're all gathered there at his table forever. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And I assign to you, as my Father assigned to me, a kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. Let's confess our sins uh, using this prayer from Jeremiah and from the Psalms. Pray with me. Has a nation changed its gods, even Even though they they are are no gods? but my my people people have changed their glory for that that which does does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be be utterly utterly desolate, declares declares the Lord, Lord. for my my people have committed committed two evils. They have have forsaken forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that that can hold no water. water. How long, long, O Lord, Lord? will you you be angry angry forever? Will Will your your jealousy jealousy burn like fire? Do not not remember remember against us our former iniquities. iniquities. Let Let your your compassion compassion come speedily speedily to meet us, for we are are brought very low. Help help us, us, O God, of our our salvation, for the glory of of your name. Deliver us and atone atone for our our sins. sins. For your name's sake. Brothers and sisters, hear these words of encouragement. We were dead in our trespasses. God made us alive together with him. He has forgiven us all our trespasses. He canceled the debt that stood against us. He nailed it to the cross.